good week? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, at, at least I hope most of it was positive. <laughs> Every now and then there's things that kind of trip us up, right? It happens that way, right, Dee? <laughs> um, as often the Lord's working on me on some things, and so, yeah, I'm going to bring you into the fun party and say, you guys get to join me. Um, Tim Hansel in his book uh, When I Relax I Feel Guilty anybody ever when they f- relax they feel guilty yeah. it might be a good read I, um, I have not read the whole thing this is one of those quotes you go to a preacher site and you find it um, but he writes some insights that of what most people want from God and I and I have I've changed I've edited this quote some because the fits the words nah, may not fit and uh, be culturally sensitive to us today. It was written back in 1979. It's a little dated, but at the same time, this isn't. Um, and here it is. I would like to buy three dollars worth of God, please. Not enough to turn my life upside down or even disturb my sleep but just enough to equal a, a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. Doesn't that sound good? It's raining outside. We don't get that today. I, I don't want enough of him to make me love a weird person or stranger different than me or, or hang out with a smelly, undesirable person. I want comfort and ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I I want a pound of the eternal in a paper bag to go. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Ouch. If, if, if we would be totally honest, the idea of, of, of transformation really scares us. That's because we know that such a a radical change would be quite uncomfortable. We realize that with transformation comes a, a major overhaul of our lives and our current priorities. I have a quote by A.W. Tozer that I, it's a, it's on a, Meme, meme, however you would say that word. Can you put that up, please? Meme. There. This generation, this is A.W. Tozer, so this isn't even talking about us today, but it is talking about us today. This generation has forgotten that the gospel message does not clean up and shine the outside of a person. Rather, it bores into the very heart and soul of a person and radically changes that person from the inside forever. I say praise God. But at the same time, when I'm going like, oh, wait a minute, he's talking about me. I'm going like, hold on. Baby steps, little things, 
not this, just this. You guys try to make those same kind of deals with God? Well, I'm be honest. I read a story about a group of women who were studying the book of Malachi. I find that a very interesting as well as a, a good choice of biblical text to study in a group. Um, Malachi, yeah, it's Old Testament, but it's got some meat to it. And as they were reading chapter 3, they, they read chapters 2 and 3, which, which reads this. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. I didn't go very deep into that launderer's soap thing because that was, I'm going, that's kind of weird. But at the same time, that's in the word. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. We just gathered an offering. Did we do it in righteousness? Or is this whole, talking about a whole different thing? It's probably talking about something different than just, I gave my offering and you know, I'm clean on the outside. I want to offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. How about you? That's what I want. And in this study, as these ladies are reading this, the phrase, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. That, that just that hit these ladies, it jumped out at these ladies, and, and they're going like, ah, what's this mean? And, and, and it intrigued them, and they, and they wondered what it, means and about the, what it means about the character and the nature of God. One of the women offered to look into that process of refining silver and, and then come back the next week when they had their study and, whoo, and God said, let there be light. <laughs> um, and, it, and she was going to bring that information back to the next meeting. And that week she contacted a silversmith and made an appointment to meet with him, to watch him at work. Uh, She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest in this process, just um, beyond just her curiosity and the the process of refining silver. And and as she watched the silversmith, he, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. And he explained to her that in refining fire, one needs to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest. So to burn away all those impurities. I've heard it takes about 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, that's hot. Wouldn't that destroy us? Hmm. It would destroy the silver, too, if you kept it there too long. The woman thought about God holding us in such a way over the fire. And then she thought again about the verse. He sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. 
And so she asked the silversmith if it was true that he, that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time that this silver was being purified. And the man answered, yes. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he also had to keep his eyes on the silver for the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left even a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. Wow. It's that volatile of a process. The woman was silent for a moment. And then she asked the silversmith, well, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy. When I see my image in it. (laughs) Doesn't that just blow you away? Today, I want to speak of the refiner's fire in our lives. It's a biblical concept, and it involves each one of us who have chosen to become followers of Jesus Christ. We're all going through the process. Or we're, we're going through the refiner's fire. And we are each called to be transformed into the image of Christ. And this I promise you. God has a plan for your life. And no, that's not my evangelical startup sentence. <laughs> Although that's one of those processes you can use, But God has a plan for your life, even after salvation. We're called to be transformed. We're called to be Christ-like and to reflect his image. Scriptures on this are clear. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with unveiled face. Okay, this is when we're, we don't no longer have the veil hiding us from vision. All with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're to be transformed. Paul told the believers gathered in Rome, as recorded in Romans 8.29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We are to be conformed to the image of God's son. God is calling and expecting us, you and I, to be Christ-like. And we're all going like, yeah, I agree. Great writer and theologian C.S. Lewis 
wrote, once we give God permission by surrendering our lives to him, he will not stop that process of purifying us no matter how painful or unpleasant it may be. He's going to stay with the task. He's that silversmith of our lives holding us in the fire. Watching over us to make sure it doesn't ruin us, destroy us. Paul understood this process. Remember his words located in Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Okay, it might not feel real good now. But one day we have a promise that that glory is going to so surpass the pain and the the trouble and the heartaches and whatever else is, is in that process of purifying us, one day it's going to be so more worth it. This, this negativity that we feel now is going to be way down here on the charts. Praise God. Now, the, the process of purifying will result in, in, in glory and honor and praise. And those are all things that are due to God. Right? Don't disagree with that. It is God's purpose to refine us and to purify us. And God has a plan in doing that, to, to purify each one of us. And I see it as a, a pretty simple twofold plan. It's really not complicated from God's side of things. We're the ones who complicate things. Number one, God's plan. God sent his son, Jesus. That's number one. The scriptures are clear here. Ephesians 1, 23. And he, talking about God put all things under his, talking about Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his, Jesus' body, the fullness of him, Jesus, who fills all in all. So God's plan, send Jesus, because he's the one. It's going to be his body, it's going to be... (laughs) He's the source. Titus 2.19, who gave himself for us that that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and, and purify us for himself, his own special people. I like being called special people. It's not like being special ed back when I was in school, and I don't know what they call it today. I hope they don't think of it as a derogatory term any longer, but. It was back then. That verse goes on and says, zealous for good works. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, what about my schedule? What about what I want to do? I know I'm meddling. 
Jesus died on the cross to, to, to not only provide us with such a great, awesome salvation, but also to refine us, to purify us. And people, Jesus invites. He doesn't force. He illuminates. He, he doesn't compel. He, he He is consistently gentle with us, quite honestly. In other words, it is his will that we become pure, but it's not going to happen unless and until we yield to him completely. You see, in the whole equation where you're going, the refiner is going to hold us in the fire. Well, if we, the silver, are going like, mm, yeah, I'm not going to accept that. That's on us. It's twofold. God sent his son. Secondly, we are called to yield to his will. to yield to the refiner's fire, to let <laughs> that heat do its job in our lives. And that's why the scripture states, 2 Corinthians 7.1, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It was one of the songs that said something about fear brings what? What I'm trying to remember. It's fear brings worship. Was it something like that? I, I don't remember now. All right. I saw that and I'm going, yeah. God desires us to be holy. He's calling us to be pure. He wants us to be Christ-like, to be conformed to the image of his son. And the silversmith places the silver over or or in the fire and and watches it. He He doesn't stir it. He doesn't move it away from the fire. He watches the silver until the moment that he sees his image reflected on its surface. And then he can remove it from the fire. God's work in you will not be left undone. He will complete his purpose in you. It will take some time because we, especially in this day and age, and we being human beings like every human being since the beginning of time, we slow the process down. We try to find ways to bypass it. We try to go, ah, no, I don't think so. He's going to complete his purpose in you. God sits and watches over the flame. He's he's waiting for his image to be seen in you and I. Paul shares this truth with those who call themselves followers of Christ in in his letter to the Philippians. Chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, 
that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's his return. When it seems that God's not working in our lives or that he has forgotten us, that's the time when, when we need to trust in his unfailing love. We need to trust that he is sitting there watching and caring for us, and he knows exactly where we're at in the process, how, how the heat is affecting us, how the impurities are, are still working out of us. Some of us get bewildered. We get confused when, when we go through the refiner's fire. Why is God doing this to me? Anybody ever said that? Thought that? Prayed that? Heard others say that? Uh, or, or maybe we're going to be a little kinder to God here. Why is God allowing this to happen to me? The question is the same. We're still placing fault at God. Peter states this truth so very clearly. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. And that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Trust God. Don't be surprised. Don't think it's strange when trials come your way. They may not feel good. I've had trials. I'm going, ah, no fun. But people don't resist. Trust when you are in the master's hands. Now, if things are messed up because I've made some choices in life, <laughs> responsibility. But if this is something that God's put into my life and he's trying to refine me, I need to trust him with that. Even if I don't see that it's refining me. It's often a part of the purifying process. Allow the refining fire to transform you. Allow it to purify you. Allow it to change you. Allow your life to be refined. We all say we're for that until it starts happening. And then we're going like, oh, not that. So how do we do it? Confess. God sent Jesus so that we could confess all of our sins, all of our impurities, all of our inadequacies. Confess. Two, and be purified. Scripture shares this glorious promise, 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 
And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. If we're honest, we don't like to and we often refuse to look at our own faults, uh, our impurities. We, we need to not ignore or avoid our impurities. Uh, another picture that may help us understand more fully the fullness of this Better is to imagine Jesus coming to us as if he's coming to visit our home. First of all, and guess what? He's coming so that he can help us clean up. We're all a little hesitant about having anybody come to our house to help us clean up, aren't we? Why is that? Because we don't want them to see our mess. Right? But he's coming. He's going to help us clean. We like that first level because the first level, he, he, he comes and, and he's, he's going to see the exterior. And, and that's pretty easy. He can clean up the outside. He can help us with that. That's the easiest one to let him do. Forgive me of my sins, Father God, through Jesus Christ, your Son. Make it look okay. But then Jesus doesn't leave. He, he, he wants to visit inside our home. And so we may let him into the living room, the dining room, the family room, the kitchen, the bathroom. It, it, it takes more to clean up these areas, but we're usually willing to let people into these areas of our homes, aren't we? Usually. We'll go in and try to clean them up ourselves beforehand. Why do we feel like we have to clean things up before Jesus is there? Before we let Jesus in that area of our life? Anyway. It, it, it takes more to clean up the areas and then, and then maybe we're saying, hey, I want Jesus to, to stay with me all the time, overnight. And we, we allow the guest into the guest bedroom, and, and, and maybe they'll even see our bedroom and, and other parts of the house. Um, and, and, but... How about the closets and inside the drawers or in the attic or the basement? If you, Not many people here in California have basements, but I know basements. We tend not to want people to get into those areas because that's where we keep the really messy stuff. We don't want anybody to see that. 
And it's the same way with Jesus. There's certain areas, little compartments in our lives where we're going like, Jesus, you can have all this other area. You can come in, live in my heart. You can cleanse the outside. You can, eh, maybe you can come in the living room and help me clean the kitchen, those kinds of things. But stay out of that closet. Stay out of that drawer. Don't go there. And whatever it is for you, you know what's in there. Jesus wants access to even these most private locations in the homes of our hearts. Wherever we hide the worst messes, the most private issues, the things that embarrass us the most, he wants access. He's got you in the refiner's fire until the job is done, until he sees his reflection in you. And I think the most glorious part in the 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 words don't cover it in Malachi, but Jesus not only wants access and to clean that up, but he's going to stay with us in the fire to clean up even those things, the ugliest. So today, I I ask that you pray that your, your, your spiritual ears and eyes would be opened. And when the Holy Spirit reveals any impurities, confess them to the Master. Because there's a reason for that. You are becoming Christ-like. There's a purpose in it. And then allow the refining fire to to burn away those those impurities that, that you have confessed Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Father, forgive us. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants those who call Jesus their Savior and Lord to be like his son. To be mature in the faith, to to live a pure and holy life. Not not a person that makes excuses about their sins or, or, or calls them something more acceptable. Like, oh, that's just my personality. Or or that's that's how I was raised. The excuses roll on from those. Those of us who only want $3 worth of God. Tough question for each of us to reflect on today is this. Can God see his reflection in your life? We need to be mature in the faith. 
We need to be transformed into the image of Christ, and we need to be open and, and even inviting to the refiner's fire. Here in a couple minutes, we're, I'm, I've, I've, I've got a worship song that we're going to play. Chris, I intentionally did not call and say, I want you guys to do this because I want you also to be focused in on what the Spirit has to say to you. I want to play it. I decided it. We need to let each, each of us pray that our spiritual eyes and ears would be open to whatever the Holy Spirit has to show us today, right now, in these next few minutes. Is that fair enough? The words are going to be showing on the monitors. It's a song. It's an old song. I'm an old guy. Um, if you know the song, if you want to sing, you're welcome to or not, depending on where the spirit is, and, as well as take whatever position you feel led to take. If that means kneeling or prostrate or, or whatever, respond to the spirit. People, you are my family of God, my family in Christ. Please allow Jesus to not only be your Savior, but also be the Lord of every aspect of your life. Accept the refiner's fire. Invite the fire to do its job. That's a different step in life to say, Lord, bring it. I want it. And be open to the refiner's fire and yield to his will. And, and if you do, you will be renewed. You will be purified. You will be refined. You'll be transformed into the image of Christ. And as God looks at you, he's going to see his reflection. Wow. That's what I signed up for. And I need to do it every day. Please join me in that. As, as Doug has been talking to us in recent weeks about we're at war. God's warriors need to be Christ's image. We need it. Otherwise, we're not good warriors. So this is just a part of it. But it's essential. Lord God, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to, to work in their lives each day. 
And that, Lord, as, as the, the light of that fire is shown upon them and into their lives and very, very deeply into those very crevices and, and crawl spaces and, and closets and, and drawers that they have stuff hidden in, that, Father God, they will respond appropriately to you. I'll turn it over to you. They'll let you purify them and and cleanse them and to become more and more like Christ. Praise and glory to you. You deserve that, Father. That's why we offer this. It's not because of something we want. We do. But we want to bring you honor and glory. That's what it's about. It's not because we get a payoff in this world. That's any payoff we do give. That's just a benefit that you have blessed us with. But the payout is to see you look at us and see Christ. To see you receive us on that day when we leave this world. And when you gather us in and say, well done. Well done, you faithful servants. I ask you to go with each and every one of us throughout this week and in those moments where we're struggling that that you would encourage us and challenge us and, and help us to take steps forward in doing exactly what you want us to do. And we pray this expecting, Father God, because you provide. You're the God of provision. And when we're following your will, you will provide. Thank you. Thank you. We are so blessed. So blessed. Lord, we ask these things. We praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the one that we are seeking to become more and more like. Amen. Amen. I don't know if any of you were turned to tears by the song. That's been my week. Because <laughs> that's not the first time I was listening to it. It's been my week. And God's been working. Praise him for that. I invite you on that path. Let's go forth. And let's conquer. In Jesus' name.